Good morning, and welcome to Milwaukee Mennonites Monday Morning Devotionals, an opportunity for the Milwaukee Mennonite Church family and friends of the community to share their ideas, to help us focus our thoughts, and to listen for God's work in our lives and in the world around us. This week, we hear from Matt Lawal Shane, who contemplates the seductive drama of Lent compared to the Easter season and manages to effectively work in both Star Wars and Lord of the Rings references. Here he is. When I was younger, in middle school or so, I loved Lent in the Lutheran church that I grew up in. I know this sounds crazy. Aren't middle schoolers notorious for their short attention spans? And aren't Lutheran services during Lent exceptionally, as Garrison Keillor put it, lugubrious? Yes and yes. But what I loved about Lenten services was the passion, the emotion of it all. We put ashes on our foreheads on Ash Wednesday and are told, remember you are dust, and to dust you shall return. That's some dark stuff. On Palm Sunday, we actually got to get up out of our pews and parade around the sanctuary waving palm fronds, secretly knowing that it was all for show, because soon Jesus would be betrayed by the same people laying their cloaks in the road. On Good Friday, our pastor read the Passion narrative, and people in the congregation would literally weep. With each station of the cross, the lights in the sanctuary were dimmed just a little more until the toccata our organist played reached its crescendo and the sanctuary went dark. We all exited in gloomy silence. So intense, and I loved it. For me, my love of Lent was not unlike my love for the Star Wars film, The Empire Strikes Back. Now bear with me here. Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back was the middle episode the one where all the main characters were challenged, and we really got to know their mettle. By the end of it, Han was frozen in carbonite, Luke learned that Darth Vader was his father, and lost a hand. That's some seriously intense emotional drama. The same sort of emotional drama we see unfold in the narratives of Lent. Judas decides he's had enough of Jesus' esoteric ramblings. He wants some real action, so he betrays Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. But Jesus knows it. Dang! The disciples agree to pray with Jesus in Gethsemane, but they just can't stay awake any longer. He's literally sweating drops of blood, but their flesh is too weak to support their friend. Pilate questions the whole thing and passes the responsibility on to the people, who choose Barabbas instead of Jesus of Nazareth. And Peter goes so far as to deny Jesus after they arrest him. This is a dark moment in the story, and all the characters are flawed. Even Jesus has trouble understanding it, asking God, why have you forsaken me? The Lent stories are full of intense high drama. In contrast, to me, the season of Easter felt like a disappointment. There was no amount of pastel polo shirts or white lilies on the altar, no number of hallelujahs that could make the organ music or the extra-long service on Easter Sunday any more bearable for me as a middle schooler. Not even the promise of a ham and egg breakfast in the dining hall. And let's face it, the Easter story, as it's presented in the Bible, is pretty lackluster too compared to the drama of Lent. In fact, there's no description of the actual resurrection in the Gospels. No Jesus blasting open the tomb with divine force. No rolling away the stone, Raiders of the Lost Ark style. No Jesus emerging from the darkness, glowing like Captain Marvel to greet his friends and set things to rights. Just an empty tomb. Just the absence of a thing. The apex of the Christian liturgical calendar is Easter. Not Lent, yet the perennial symbol of the Christian faith is a cross. Wouldn't it make more sense for the essential Christian symbol to be an empty tomb? But what would that look like? I mean, how would you put that on a necklace? 
Even when he does meet up with the disciples, Jesus' words seem like a bit of a letdown. A short paragraph. Go, make, baptize, remember. I can't imagine what Peter must have been thinking at that point. So, um, so I guess you're not going to free Israel from the Romans? You, you're not going to stick around to make sure there's peace on earth like the scripture foretold? You know, I've seen you transfigure, so um, I know what you can do, but you're just going to pass the baton to me, huh? Yeah, okay, that's, that's, that's cool, I guess. And for better or worse, this is the blessing and the curse of Easter. It is on one hand the promise that death is not the end, that God loves what God has created enough to bridge the gap between life and death, that undiscovered country from whose born no traveler returns. It offers real, radical hope. But at the same time, it is an empty tomb, an emotionless and grand question mark that leaves the mystery of death intact. All Easter leaves us with is more to do, and not a whole lot of specifics on how to do it. To go back to my Empire Strikes Back analogy, I wonder if the reason the Lent story is so powerful is because its conclusion is so inconclusive. Imagine for a moment if Empire had ended where it had with the addition of a single short scene, a brief moment where the heroes are scattered around the galaxy wondering what would happen next, and then suddenly the second Death Star just blows up without the entire film of Return of the Jedi. There's fanfare, we got our happy ending, but we really wouldn't know how it happened. And then cut to the main characters, standing around and wondering what to do next. Would it be a less powerful film because we wouldn't get to see the main characters overcome their demons and complete their story arcs? Probably. But maybe it actually allows us to fill in the blanks how we want to. Such an ending would give us the ability to create our own conclusion to the story, and what really would be any more satisfying than having the freedom to do just that, to imagine what Jesus looked like rising from the tomb, to imagine him interacting with the angels who later spoke to the Marys when they went to pay their respects, to imagine him in his resurrected glory, or in his resurrected humanity, normal and all non-glowy, maybe that would be better. It would allow us to live in the story a little while longer. I'm going to make one more nerdy analogy here before I wrap up. At the end of Lord of the Rings, after all the massive battles and exploding volcanoes, Frodo gives Sam the book that Bilbo began decades before and asks him to finish it. That's the kind of thing my middle school self just couldn't quite get behind, at least not consciously. Yes, there's a lot of tears and emotion in that moment, But the book is blank. And maybe that's what Easter is all about. The promise of a really good ending that's yet to be written. Thank you, Matt. If you have a devotional to share with us, a thought, a poem, a song, whatever you think would be helpful for us to briefly hear on a Monday morning, please let me know. We'd love to hear from you. And now, a blessing as you go. As you find yourself in the season of Easter, a season of hope and mystery, a season of miracles and unanswered questions, may you live in to the mystery. May you stand by the empty tomb and wait like Mary. May you be surprised and delighted by Gardener Jesus. Your presence your time, your passions, your work, your life are all part 
of the story, all part of the mystery, all part of the unfolding, unfinished work that we continue to live into. May you see your place in the unfolding story and be open to the mystery of what is to come. May you own it. May you welcome it. May you love it. Knowing that the Creator loves you. Amen. Milwaukee Mennonites Monday Morning Devotional was created for Milwaukee Mennonite Church. Thanks again to Matt Lowell Shane and to Connie Johnson Evers for the intro music from her hymn, More Than You Know, and to David Stolpe for the outro music from his piece, Threshold. And thank you for listening. Blessings to you and yours this week. <laughs>